Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Becca. And we uh we made a baby. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Becca Bristow. You may know me from my YouTube channel where I talk about all things health and wellness. So when I got pregnant, I knew I wanted to bring you guys on this journey, but I also knew I wanted to include this guy right here. So we hope you'll join us on this journey of all things pregnancy, prepping for parenthood, and what in the world's going on with this girl's body, Becca's body. <laughs> and our baby. Oh, of course, yeah, our baby. So make sure to tune in every week as we share everything that is going on with us and baby Bristow. And your big old belly. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Bristow's Made a Baby podcast, week 41, and guess what? The Bristow's made a darn baby. <laughs> and this... we had her. Oh well, yeah, we had her. <laughs> we made a baby. Oh, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> and she's laying right next to us as we record this week 41 podcast, which will include the week leading up to the birth, which was week 41, and then part one of the birth story, which is pretty much the lead up. So, anything else there, Beck? Just that we got a. Oh, <laughs> you guys might be able to hear her throughout this. She's cooing a little bit, but we got a sweet girl laying next to us right now, and it's just the best thing ever. Okay, so I guess we'll just kind of dive right in because there's just so much, so much to cover. A lot happened. Well, not only just with the birth story, but with um, the week, the whole lead up. So, for week forty-one. Um, basically, it was another week of limbo. But I will say, you know, you know, I talked about how like the I guess week 40 I was emotionally kind of all over the place I was crying a lot and just it was hard it was really tough mentally but something about switching into week 41 even though I was like still overdue and like still so pregnant it was a little bit easier because I knew that like we only had one week to go and I knew that that would that week would end in induction um if I didn't have her on my own so I knew that there was like a hard deadline and that made it a lot easier Okay, so on the first day of week 41, um, we did have an appointment with one of the midwives, Katie. We did. So that appointment, we went in um, and we tried to sweep my membranes um, again, but still couldn't do it because I was only like fingertip, aka like not really dilated. So they couldn't actually get inside of my cervix. Um, so it was kind of disappointing, but it was still like a very like hopeful appointment. We were like, we still have a full week to go. Um, there's like no reason to panic. Um, and most women go for 41 weeks of their first baby anyway, but we did kind of talk about like a loose plan, what we would do, um, if it like got down to the wire. So we talked a little bit about like drinking castor oil, which I'll get to in a second. Um, and then even like towards the very end of the week doing some interventions, like, um, putting like a Foley bulb inside of my cervix. And then even on like the very final day that I would be induced, like that day they would try and break my water to get labor started on its own. So we had like a plan. Um, and I was just told to walk a lot and relax, drink tons of water. And we would just kind of follow this course of action and see kind of what happened. I think it was nice to get a plan just because the prior week was very emotionally tough for Becca and myself because I don't like to see Becca like that. And, um, just kind of have just to kind of have things lined out that we know what we're going to do was kind of promising at the time. Yeah. Um, Gave us back some control. And we were originally going to try the castor oil, not until this two days before the induction date, but we really wanted to try it sooner. So we got clearance that, you know, it's Becca's body. She can do it. She wants that she could take it as soon as possible. Um, yeah. So 
with castor oil, uh, it's like kind of controversial because as far as taking it to induce labor, it's like one of the ones that's probably the most controversial, like natural method. And that's because um, it it basically gives you like massive diarrhea. Um, and that's not really why. But the reason it's um, oftentimes like contraindicated or a lot of doctors or, you know, whatever healthcare professionals are opposed is because it could potentially cause like a similar reaction to the baby and cause them to have like meconium, which is their first poop in their um, amniotic fluid, which is not good. You really don't want that to happen because it's not good for the baby. But at the same time, there's like some studies that show that actually like women who didn't take castor oil and therefore like didn't induce labor um, and those women who didn't would obviously go way further in like towards 42 weeks. The longer the baby's in there, the more likely the chance of having meconium in the amniotic fluid anyway. So it's kind of like a toss up. And I personally felt pretty comfortable trying it because I had known so many people that had tried it and it worked for them and they did not have any adverse side effects other than the diarrhea and the midwife was totally, or our midwife was super on board and she was just like, yeah, girl, if you want to try it, like, Hey, it's only going to work if your body's ready. But like, if you want to try it, go ahead. And I was kind of at my wits end at that point, And I was just like, let's do this. But we didn't do it till the next day, which was Wednesday, Wednesday. And we had the baby on Sunday just to give you a time frame reference. Yeah. So it didn't work <laughs> is basically what that means. Yes. So I don't think, I think you broke down on that one too. I did. Yeah, that was that was kind of like the final straw of like me really trying and getting hopeful about something that like this really could happen. And then it didn't. So I officially like kind of threw up my hands at that point. Um, but on that day, I had like a chiropractor appointment in the morning. Um, so I got like an, a, an adjustment. And then um, that I guess it was the afternoon. It was around like three o'clock or so or maybe one o'clock. I took like the first dose. Yeah, around one o'clock you took two ounces of castor oil and then three o'clock you took another two ounces which is kind of a lot but I was just I was ready to go for it um but anyway so it's pretty gross um it's literally slugging an oil um I used orange juice to chase which made it a lot easier but if you guys have ever seen the movie stand by me like if you remember that scene um of the before the pie eating contest the um boy like literally chugs a bottle of castor oil and like eats raw eggs and throws up everywhere that is castor oil so but it's not nearly that much that you drink which that would be disgusting but anyway so we basically just took that and later around the rest of the day i think we watched a christmas movie maybe elf or something oh yeah and i had lovely diarrhea for about six eight hours yeah on and off until about 10 11 o'clock at night yeah that was when it finally subsided so usually you take it you have this massive diarrhea it can start contractions then but it could also start contractions within like 24 hours. So I was kind of like, okay, let's go to bed and we'll see what happens. And nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, I think you woke up in the middle of the night and had a breakdown. I could be wrong. Yeah, I like, can't remember that whole week was like, it's kind of a blur now. Um, but I, I think you're right. And there was at least one like final breakdown. And, and Matt was like, I mean, why are you getting your hopes up? Like we've, we talked about this, that it might not work. And I was like, I know, but I just heard so many good things that I just really thought this was going to be... It, I thought I had control over the situation, but of course I don't. She's the one in charge. Um, so it didn't work. But luckily that day was now, so the next day was now Thursday, and um, which was like 41 weeks, two days. And we had another appointment with Katie. So once you're past 41 weeks, they see you like much more frequently. Katie is the midwife that we had saw, saw or had seen a couple days prior. So that at least gave me some hope. I'm like, okay, we have another appointment. We can attempt another membrane sweep. Like we're going to talk to her and, you know, come up with even more of a plan maybe. 
So we went in, told her that the casserole didn't work, and she was like, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> you went through all of that for nothing. And I was like, yep. Um, attempted another membrane sweep. Again, I was still fingertip, not dilated. And when we were at that appointment, I asked her if I was effaced, and she was like, mm, no, which that was also disappointing. But I don't know. I feel like in, we had another appointment prior, and I hadn't dilated yet, but I had started to efface. So I don't, I don't really know. I was kind of confused by that. But that was like, I guess, one of the main portions of the or the appointment was trying to just check my cervix again but again we couldn't really get in there and then um she informed me that my induction was scheduled for monday night and this was thursday when we had this appointment which that just like made it a whole lot more real didn't it like when she was like okay it's scheduled now yeah definitely there was a finality to everything yeah we knew by monday night or maybe tuesday morning we were gonna have our baby right at least Monday night, we would be starting labor. Um, so that was like good and bad. Uh, one good thing was she informed me that the doctor that was on call for Tuesday was her favorite doctor. He was like the most natural minded. And he, she basically, she called him a midwife in scrubs, basically. So that like gave me a lot of comfort knowing that like I wasn't going to have some like super traditional doctor that's just like I don't know, like the opposite of like kind of like the vibe that I wanted. Um, I mean, obviously you don't really have control over that, but I was just really excited to hear that. So that just made it a whole lot more real. And then later on that day, like the hospital called me and took down all my information. I was talking to one of the charge nurses and we were just like setting up the whole, cause I had never given my information or anything. Cause I wasn't a patient there. Um, as far as like, you know, OBGYN goes, um, for this pregnancy, So I don't know, it just became a lot more real. And I actually, it was kind of nice because I was finally like, okay, at least we're we're getting somewhere. I'm so over being in this limbo. Like, this is not what I want. I don't want to be induced. Um, Just because it's so much harder to have like a, you know, I mean, that wouldn't be a drug-free birth because they would give me Pitocin probably regardless. But as far as like going natural and like not having pain relief and all of that stuff, um, and there's just obviously more interventions that could happen when you're in a hospital because it's a hospital setting and that's what they specialize in is, you know, um, medically managed birth. So it just like, you know, wasn't what I wanted, but I was also like coming to the realization that like this is probably going to happen at this point because we were so down to the wire and like my body was not showing any signs of labor. But I really was like coming around to the idea of it. And Matt was even like that nurse sounded really nice. Remember when um, I was talking to her on the phone? Yeah, she sounded great. Yeah, so that was just, like, it was comforting, um, and the idea of going to the hospital is no, no longer, like, something I just, like, didn't want to do. I was like, okay, like, if this happens, this is just how it's supposed to happen, and, you know, it'll be fine, um, and I kind of told myself at that point, like, if, if that's what it comes down to, like, I am so adjusting my expectations for this birth, like, at that point, I would just hope to just to have a vaginal birth at that point and just like not have to have a C-section, like regardless of what interventions happen, whether or not I got the epidural, like who cares? Like I just was like expectations officially super low if that's what it comes to. Cause I feel like that's the only way to come out emotionally like okay with things. Cause if I went in with these crazy expectations, you know, you gotta be flexible. So, so yeah, that was kind of my mindset. And I figured I would still attempt to go natural. Um, I had, I was like talking about this on Instagram and so many of you guys like reached out to me and were so encouraging that either, you know, you were induced, um, even though you wanted to have like a totally natural birth and you still, it was like very low intervention. Like you did have a little bit of 
Pitocin or whatever, like a really low amount to like kickstart labor. But for the most part, it was pretty intervention free and it was still like pretty much exactly what you wanted. So that was the kind of eye opening and gave me a lot of hope. And again, like even if that wasn't the case, like it was just nice to hear that it's not going to be this like scary, awful experience. It still could be really, I mean, regardless, it would have been beautiful because it was the, you know, would be the process of getting baby girl. Did we say her name yet? No, we have not said her name. <laughs> Do you want to say her name? Her name is Hayden Cynthia. Yeah, Hayden Cynthia. So baby girl, the process of getting baby girl Hayden here. Um, so it would have been lovely regardless. But yeah, so that's where my head was at. Um, so then on Friday, that was, uh, we didn't really do it. There was no attempts at, you know, really getting um, birth started, like taking castor oil or anything like that. Um, we did go for like some really long walks in the neighborhood. That was great. Our dog, Rosie, loved them. Oh, uh, she really did. They were like 50-minute walks, and we did them between Thursday and Friday, I think like three or four times. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it actually was really nice. Um, and yeah, so Friday we didn't do a whole lot. We just kind of hung around, I think. Yeah, took it easy. There was nothing There was nothing scheduled that day in terms of trying to induce labor, so we took it easy. Right, nothing on the midwife's plan. Um, so... Let's see. So then Saturday, I woke up in the morning. Um, overnight, I had like some light cramping, um, which was not really anything new. I've had that multiple times, like especially overnight, like where I would wake up with like period light cramps and then like in the morning they would be gone and would never come back for like days. So and I was so mentally burnt out that like anything that did happen, I was pretty much like, yeah, right. Like it doesn't mean anything at this point. So I was not getting my hopes up. But... I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom in the morning, and this is going to be TMI, but whatever. So I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom, and I always, like, you know, usually pee a couple times in the middle of the night, um, but I never, like, flush it because it's really loud, and the bathroom's attached to our bedroom, and I don't want to, like, wake Matt up or, um, like, disturb Rosie, I guess. Not that she cares. But all of a sudden, I was like, what is that? And I looked down, and I'm like, that looks like a little bit of blood. And I turned to Matt, and I was like, okay, don't judge me. This is going to be one of the grossest things I've ever done. <laughs> Do you remember what I did? Didn't you reach in there to get some on your fingers? Yeah, I reached right in there. Because guess what, guys? My mucus plug was sitting in the toilet. And I didn't know what that was, <laughs> but I knew it was good because it came out. So that was something of progress. Okay, so the mucus plug, this is, like, really gross. But it's literally, like, a little slug of mucus. Like, that's how I would describe it. <laughs> And it usually has a little bit of blood. And I had already, like, looked this up. I knew what it was. I'd seen, you know, there's some interesting pictures on Google if you'd really like to see what they look like. Um, Mama Natural has a whole post on her blog with, like, lots of pictures, whatever. I mean, it's a natural thing. So I had already known what it looked like, and I was like, I think that's a mucus plug. So what I do, I reach right in there, and I pull it out, and I'm like, that is a freaking mucus plug. So then I got excited because I was like, okay, this is actually a physical sign. So the mucus plug basically hangs out in your like the opening or where the opening will be when it opens in labor of your cervix and um once your cervix starts to like change which could be dilation it also could just be effacement but when there is some change to your cervix it will like basically unplug itself and it will come on out so i knew at that point that something at least was happening this was a physical sign and a lot of times people say that within you know, anywhere from like 12 or even less to like 72 hours, their labor, labor started naturally. So at this point, 72 hours would have been a little far. I would need to start a little faster than that. But so that was just like, okay, something's happening. And at this point, I was still having those really light period cramps. They hadn't gone away. 
So they continued all throughout the morning. Um, but again, other than the mucus plug, there wasn't a whole lot happening that morning. But then I noticed, I was like, I just feel, again, TMI, but this is birth. Um, I was like, I just feel like really wet, it, like down there, like in my underwear. And I had already told you guys before that I like peed myself that one time and like thought my water broke, <laughs> but it didn't, it was pee. So of course I'm like, detect like immediately go into te- detective mode and I'm like did I pee myself like what's going on and it was not pee because it did not smell like pee um it like I was for sure it wasn't pee but I was like eh, it's probably just like a discharge or something whatever so I just like changed my underwear and moved along with my day but then like very soon after that again my underwear was like really wet and I was like oh is this like could this be a slow leak like in my um like my water breaking essentially uh I didn't feel like any gushes or anything like that but just the fact that it like immediately like my underwear was like kind of soaked again I was like oh that okay that's like potentially could be my water breaking I didn't really think that it was but then I was starting to get nervous like what if it is because if your water breaks you have 24 hours to get active labor started at the birth center or else you have to go to the hospital so I was like well if this is you know potentially my amniotic like my water broke I want to get there as fast as possible so we can do like all of the things to get labor started because we're now on a time, like a a time limit. So we went back and forth and decided to call the midwives, right? Yes. I was all about that. (laughs) Yeah. Matt was like, let's call. Um, And so also fun fact, this just so happens to be the weekend that they were moving. Right. They were moving to a new location that they had been pushing back for a while. Right. And you guys have heard that whole saga of the, are we going to be in the new center or the old center? So they were, this was their moving weekend. So it was like absolute chaos. Um, but I was like, uh, I mean, I think my water might've broken. So they were like, come on in. So they had, um, Dorinda, she's one of the midwives. She's actually one of the owners and she, she no longer catches babies, but she met, met us there and was going to, um, like check me out. So she did like a swab and while the, um, like while that was being tested or whatever to see if it was indeed amniotic fluid, she was like, oh, let me check your cervix. And I was like, please, like get up there, try and sweep if you can. Um, and again, at this point, I was still having like light period cramps, but nothing besides that. And they had still been going on all day. And this was at like, what, like three o'clock in the afternoon? Yep. So um, so I told her about the period cramps and she was like, oh, it could be early labor. Like it could be nothing. Um, so she checked my cervix and she was like, oh, you're a centimeter dilated. And I was like, hallelujah, can you get in there? And she was like, yep, like it might be uncomfortable. I was like, I do not care. So she was able to sweep my membranes finally after, was that like the fifth attempt? Yeah, it was great news. <laughs> so I was so happy and I was just like, okay, like between the mucus plug and this and like all the interventions, like the Foley bulb we have tomorrow and water breaking on Monday, like things are actually starting to turn around. Like this you know, this whole induction thing, like, might not actually happen. Like, this could this could really happen on its own. Or, like, you know, with a little bit of help from the midwives. So that was really promising. Um, so it was an amniotic fluid that was determined, um, which I was actually happy about because, again, like I said, you're on, like, that 24-hour time crunch um, once your water breaks. So, and since I, like, wasn't in labor yet, I was kind of like, all right, well, I'm glad because now I'm not – I don't have to worry about that time limit. So the plan was still to meet Katie, the midwife, um, at the birth center at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. on Sunday. Yep, 9 a.m. on Sunday. <laughs> and she, we were going to do the Foley bulb. That's correct. So that is basically when they insert like a Foley catheter up um, into your cervix, and then they like blow air into it, and it creates like little balloons. 
Um, sometimes it's just like one balloon on like the outside of your cervix. And then sometimes it's like a double one where there's like one on the inside and the outside of your cervix, which is that that's what she was going to do to me. Um, and basically I was, the plan was to go in Sunday morning, have it placed. Um, and she said it would be like uncomfortable throughout the day, but like not painful. And then basically we were going to go home and like hang out for 12 hours. Um, and then also, uh, at the hospital, that's how they were going to induce me as well. They were going to do an, like another Foley bulb. Um, instead of using like drugs first, which I thought was actually pretty cool that they do that. Um, so we went back home after getting my membrane sweeped and Matt was like, or swept, I guess. <laughs> and you were pretty like, pretty all about the castor oil round too. Yeah. I just thought, you know, it didn't work the first time, but you know, at this point we should try everything to get you to give birth in the birth center and not in the hospital. So I think I convinced you to at least do two ounces this time. Um, Right, because Saturday was still the plan. Um, if if I was not in labor, Katie really wanted me to do it, like do the castor oil. That's right. So I was like a little on the fence about it because I was just like, I didn't do anything last time. It's like kind of miserable having diarrhea for hours. And it's just like a pain, you know. But I was, Matt was right. I was like, you know what, if, if I, you know, who knows if, if it will work, if it won't work. But at least I'll know that I like exhausted all options. Um and oh and by the way I should say every time we went to like an appointment um even when we went in to get my water check they always did like a non-stress test so basically they put like the the heart rate monitors on your belly for like 20 minutes and then check in on baby and every time she was she would pass with flying colors she was doing great in there um and Dorinda was even like well for a you know overdone or um super late baby she sure is comfortable in there so um I knew that she was doing well so that was another reason why I was like all right I'm just gonna do it so took that in the afternoon and within like a couple hours or maybe even like around the time that I took the castor oil, I can't really remember, I started having some contractions. Right. So it could have been the castor oil. It might have been the membrane, membrane sweep. It may have been a combination. We'll never know. We'll never know. But I'm <laughs> glad we did it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So um, they were like every 10 minutes, they were not like they were mild. Um, I was just laying on the couch and I would like feel like a tightening every 10 minutes ish. And then, you know, it would go away. So this was now finally something timeable. I've been saying all along that I would have like these cramps, but they were never anything that I could like time or really like have like a cut and dry start and end point. They were more so constant, anything I had experienced before. So that was kind of like, okay, this could be happening, but I'm not going to get my hopes up because I'm very cautiously optimistic about this whole thing. And so we just kind of continued to lay around. I obviously had like diarrhea. I was chugging tons of water and coconut water to try and stay hydrated and like trying to eat um, like light, you know, light foods to just keep my like energy up. Um, But so then around 10 p.m., things kind of took a turn. Yeah, you were definitely feeling them a little more like noticeably more painful. Yeah. And they got a lot closer together. Right. Like four to six. Yep. Sounds about right. We started timing them on an app that you downloaded, which was very helpful. Yeah. Um, and Matt was timing a lot of them. And I just remember a million times I would just say button, like when one would start, like hit the button. Right, right. <laughs> and then, okay, stop. <laughs> um, and it got like harder and harder to do that. So, okay. So around 10 p.m., things took like a major shift. I went from these like 10 minute apart contractions to like consistently like four to six minutes apart. Um, and they were a little bit stronger. Now I was like still like you know, breathing through them, totally in control, but, um, they were more intense. So I remember at this point I was like, all right, I think I should call my mom because she was going to be at the birth with us. 
so I called her and I was just like, hey, you know, like, don't panic. Don't freak out. Um, I just want to let you know what's happening. I'm, I'm definitely having some contractions. They're four to six minutes apart. Um, but right now we're just going to, you know, go to sleep um, because, you know, we want to rest. And I don't think anything's happening anytime soon. Also, I just realized we forgot to mention um, when we went to <laughs> speaking of don't freak out. When we went to our appointment <laughs> to get um, uh, like Dorinda to check if my water had broken, we were about to walk out the door and I'm like casually walking out. Matt like grabs the overnight bag and he's like ready to go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you thought your water broke. I, I was thinking that's an indication of labor. So I was like, we might not be coming home. So. I was like, they'll probably let me come back and get my bag. It's I still had to put some last minute stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it worked out, but yeah, it wasn't, I was like, it's not even packed yet. Like, what are we doing? No, here? it was just like, I had to put in my phone charger and like my toothbrush, like just like the very last. And I had a list. I had a list of everything I needed. I was prepared. I agree. You are. But, um, it was just funny because Matt started to panic. Like, uh oh, this is happening. And I was like, put the bag down. Like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. We left it. Which <laughs> we worked did out, leave it. So. Yeah. <laughs> but when we got back, we packed the rest. We did. Yes. We did immediately go and pack. Um, and I'll note even at. 10 o'clock when she was starting to have these contractions. I feel like we weren't even like looking at each other like, oh my God, this is happening. I feel like at this point we just believed it was never going to happen until <laughs> Monday night. And just because of, you know, how long it had been and all the things she had tried. So right. even I was still like, eh. I don't. Yeah, neither of us were. We never did have that moment where we looked at each other like, right. this is happening. It just kind of continued and continued. Yeah. yeah. We were both pretty numb. We were like, Psh, this isn't anything, yeah. whatever. Yep. <laughs> Um, okay. So anyway, so like I said, they started to pick up, I called my mom and then the plan was just to go to sleep. So that did not happen because I laid down for, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. And I started to realize that the contractions hurt a lot more when I was laying down versus if I was standing up and kind of like swaying and just like walking around, they were so much more manageable. So I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'll stay on my feet. Um, and Matt went to sleep and I was just like in the room. Um, it was like pretty dark in there. And, um, just kind of swaying and waiting for the, I was timing all the contractions and as time went on, they got a little bit closer together, a little bit closer together. And then it was around, um, it was like 2am. I woke up Matt and I was like, I think we should call the midwife. And he was like, okay, all right. All right. So he called for me and, um, let, uh, Sarah Grace was the one that was on call then. And you let her know everything that was going on. Yep. I just let her know the timing of the contractions were about four or five minutes apart at this point and they were pretty painful and I think they were lasting about a minute apart yeah like a minute and she asked if she could talk to Becca and I Becca was in between contractions so of course she could yeah so she you know gave the phone to me and I was in between contractions I was totally fine so I was just having like a normal conversation with her and actually when you handed me the phone I had no like no concept of time and I was like oh my gosh it's 2 (laughs) a.m. And the midwife was like, yep, it's 2 a.m. I had no idea. I was like, oh, I thought it has been like a half an hour, but it had been like four hours. Um, so she was just like, all right, well, you know, it sounds like you're still pretty comfortable. Hang out, maybe try and take a shower, um, try and get some rest and, you know, call me when things seem to pick up a little more. So then like two hours later, I was like, I think we need to call again. Right. And you had obviously not been sleeping at all at this point. I think I slept maybe for like an off and on yeah. Yeah, for an hour. And you were really like moaning at this point or starting to moan at the contractions. I think starting, but not, we not call- crazy. Yeah. yeah. We, we called again and that was when it was really intense. Right. So called again and she suggested getting in the shower, warm, hot shower. Um, 
you know, just continuing. She, she felt okay with us staying at home and continuing to kind of go through these early stages. Yeah. I think pretty much. Um, so I did, I did get in the shower um, and it, it did feel really good. It helped. The hot water helped. I literally just stayed in there until like the hot water basically like ran out. <laughs> I just kept turning it hotter and hotter and hotter until like eventually it was just like lukewarm. Um, so yeah, so that was helpful. Then I got out of the shower and continued to labor. And then that was like when things like really did start to pick up. So this was like closer to like six, seven, six, seven a.m. I think it was like six. Yeah. And so I turned to Matt and I was like. Six thirty. I need to go to the birth center. Like I knew things were picking up, but I was also just getting like really nervous about the car ride, even though it was brief. Like I was just like afraid because at this point, like I said, I mean, I had literally been on my feet like the the enti- that entire time. I had maybe sat down a few times. I tried to lay down once. Oh, yeah. I should have mentioned this. I tried to lay down once and kind of like flopped onto the bed and like squished my stomach in a weird way. And immediately had to go to the bathroom and I like threw up everything that was in my stomach. It was very bizarre. Yes, I was pretty scared about that. I was like, is this normal? (laughs) I was like violently throwing up. I remember Googling it and it said yes. It is normal, yeah. Um, So that sucked. But so yeah, I literally couldn't lay down. I tried to be on the exercise ball. I tried to bounce on there. um, And like if I, there was a couple times where I was on the exercise ball and I didn't get up in time, like back on my feet. And a contraction came. And, like, when a contraction comes, I I could not move. Like, I had to stay exactly in the position I was in. And it was so much harder when I was seated or lying down. I don't know why, but that's just how it went. And also, that that was, like, a huge bummer because I couldn't use my hypno-babies, which you guys know I've been using for months and months and months to train um, to hypnotize myself. But to hypnotize yourself, you have to at least for – at least for a few minutes, you need to be like lying completely in a supported position. Like you cannot use any muscles in your body. Like you have to be completely loose. And I couldn't do that standing up. Like I had to support my, you know, support myself on my feet. So that was kind of a huge blow because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even really use, I could listen to the calming music, but I couldn't use like the techniques that I had learned to like hypnotize myself and like really calm, like fully calm down. So that was kind of a bummer. But anyway, so I'd been on my feet this whole time. Um, And I was just like, I think we need to go. I think it took us like around an hour, maybe a little less to get out of the house. I feel like we actually got to the birth center at like seven in the morning. Yeah, I think it only took us like 20 minutes to leave. Oh, (laughs) I guess it just felt like an hour. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and I felt bad because Matt wasn't able to eat anything. And I was like, oh no. Yeah, Uh, I fed Rosie, (laughs) took her for a quick walk and had two minutes to wet my hair. So I didn't have to wear a hat all day. Right. Because my hair was out of control. It was the middle of the morning or whatever. <laughs> but I was just, even when you were showering, I was like, we got to get out of here. Um, but then right before, like, I had, like, pants on, shoes on. Um, we were headed downstairs. I was going to get my coat. And right before we left, I was just like, oh, my God, I need to puke again. And I, like, flung, I remember, like, flung my water and my phone down on the bed and just, like, sprinted to the bathroom and um, threw up again, which was lovely. So yeah, throwing up was nasty, but whatever. Um, I've only really heard of people throwing up when they were in transition, so I wasn't expecting it in like early labor and was kind of wondering, uh, am I going to be throwing up this whole time? Like, this is not cool, but luckily that was the last time. Um, But yeah, so then we grabbed all of our stuff. We got everything in the car. Car seat was already in there. Matt packed the car. Said goodbye to Rosie. Oh, yes. That was hard. It was hard. I wanted her to come. Yeah, and she, you could tell, like, we were frantic. I was in pain. She knew something was up, so she was, like, upset when we left. 
definitely. She was very, she was like at the door, like wanting to come out, which she never does. Usually she just waits like, or, you know, is a few feet back, like saying goodbye. Right. But she yeah. was trying to get outside. Yeah, it was tough, but there was more important <laughs> things to do with. So yeah. I, I, uh, for once didn't cater to Rosie. Yeah. First lesson of becoming a parent, I guess. Yes. So. A human parent at least. Right. So yeah, uh, we said goodbye to Rosie. Packed up the car, and it was time to officially, after all this time thinking about it, potentially having to be induced, all of everything that happened. It was finally, it was time to go to the birth center and have this baby. Yep. So look out for part two of the birth birth story, and you will find out what went down yeah. at the birth center when the Bristows had a baby <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We cannot wait to share with you the rest of the story. It was a wild ride, and I'm really, really excited to share. Yes, me too. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>